0: and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it.
1: All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Grit Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of Sisu and your host of the show. And today, I have a special guest with me, Brindley Tucker. I have been wanting to have Brindley on the show for quite some time now. Brindley, I was actually introduced to by Ricky Kane. We were just talking about that. Ricky Kane is one of our customers. He's a KW team leader, runs a phenomenal business. And I think, Brindley, you were his ops coach. Are you still his ops coach?
2: Yeah, so I'm still his ops coach. So I have the honor and privilege of coaching his entire operations team.
1: Okay. So anyway, Ricky introduced me to Brindley. Since then, I actually learned a lot from Brindley before a year ago we rolled out our transaction management. Mm -hmm. And before I did that, I got to pick Brinley's brain for about an hour and uh, really learn what we needed to do in that platform because she's been coaching teams on on that forever. She's used all the top systems as far as transaction management goes. And so anyway, Brinley, I thank you for for helping us get to the level we're at today. But uh, Brinley's background goes back to, I think you were a KW agent and then a KW maps coach. Is that right?
2: Well, actually I started, it goes a little bit further back than that. I decided in 2011 that I wanted to get into real estate and I had worked in the financial sector, sold country club memberships and everything that I had kind of done, I learned by being an assistant. So, which I kind of view that role in some organizations as kind of an apprenticeship, right? Learning, learning the role before you do it. And so I decided I wanted to go into real estate, but didn't want to dump a bunch of money into real estate and applied to be a real estate assistant and was hired by a Keller Williams Market Center to be what was called a director of agent services. And that was November of 2011. Went through some massive personal um, challenges and journey, and we can certainly dive into that if you'd like, and had to make some pretty big life decisions and because of those life decisions, started a TC company. So a transaction management company in 2012. So we did, I went from just myself to about 2000 real estate, real estate transactions a year in about three years. And then that's when maps coaching with Keller Williams came and tapped on my shoulder and said, we'd like you to come coach for us and teach other people how to do this.
1: Okay. Great. So let's continue down the journey and then we'll hit rewind and back up to the beginning. So so from MAPS Coaching, you then started another business. So I
2: I sold the TC business to my employees at the time and started going, because I kind of had this, this vision of, well, we can teach people how to do TC, but if we don't have the people, we don't have anybody to train and teach. And so I started a recruiting and training company called Your Realty Leverage, which still exists today. And I ran that company while I was partnered with MAPS, helping to build out their director of operations coaching program, and then ended up coming back into my business two years ago. And we now, my vision has always been to offer every piece of leverage that an agent or a brokerage would need. Everything from recruiting, to training, to transaction management, to listing management, marketing, database, coaching, consulting, all of it. But from the operations side of yep. the business, and so that's where we are today.
1: That's awesome. So I was telling Brindley before we went live today that she and I have the exact same vision. The difference is she's taken the approach of I'm going to work hand in hand with people and train them on how to do this, and my my approach was I'm going to provide all the tools to do this. So yes. anyway, it's it's fun to to talk to people who are like minded and and can actually give me ideas to share, to take my, my vision to the next level. So Brindley, let's back up a little bit. You talked about these personal challenges and, you know, the name of this podcast is Brit because I think everybody has challenges in life. It's so easy for us to, to look at people who are, you know, who their lives are elevated and, you know, they may be going through extreme challenges at that point and they just don't show it, but everyone's gone through kind of these you know, these ups and downs. And I think everyone's had this low where, where their life was like, okay, this is not where I want to be. And that drives people to take their lives to this level. So I'd love to hear your story about that and love to have you share that and just see how you went from here to, to where you are today.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, it's so important. I always say, check on your strong friends, right? Because the people that are often on the outside, the strongest, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're the strongest on the inside. And I was that way for a long, long time. And I came into the Keller Williams organization in November of 2011. And I was in one of the darkest times of my life. I was, um, I had lived in Manhattan. I had gone to school in Texas. I had had all these massive opportunities presented to me. And I was 32. I was back home in my hometown in a relationship with a man that, I didn't necessarily love, it was very much a business relationship. He made sure the bills were paid and I made sure he was clothed and fed. And I was, I was just really unhappy. And at that time I was filling this God-sized hole of, of not wanting to feel and not wanting to really face where I was in my life and everything that I had, had really kind of lost and, and, and really screwed up my life. And so I was drinking a lot to numb the pain. And when I started working for Keller, it was it was pretty bad. Um, I would go to their annual conference the following February called Family Reunion. And all I heard at that conference was God, family, and business. And everyone was so happy. And everybody was so, the culture was just so... It, filled with contribution and opportunity. And there was just, I walked into that and I was like, this is what's missing. This is what I'm filling that God size hole with, with alcohol. And what I need to be filling it with is God, family and business. Mm -hmm. And um, I came home from that conference. And at that point I was, I was in a pretty dark place. I was probably drinking. I was drinking daily for sure. um, And some mornings I was drinking just to be able to function to get through the day. And I remember coming back from that conference and saying, I don't want to live, but I don't want to die. And God, I don't know where, I don't know how to get out of this. I don't know how to get out of the situation that I'm in. And I believe that he whispers and then he speaks and then he yells and then he roars. And I say, God, and I, I always say, I don't, I don't care who your God is. As long as you don't think it's you right? It can be the universe. It can be mother nature. It can be the doorknob, right? As long as you don't think you're God. Um, and so I, I don't have any religious meaning or spirituality behind my God. My God is my God and that's my business. And, and I believe that is true for everyone. And, and so I had had the whispers, I had had the yells, And my roar came Memorial Day weekend of 2012. And I was drinking a copious amount of alcohol at a friend's house and decided to drive in the middle of a blackout. And on the way home, I made a U-turn in front of a motorcycle. And for two days, I thought he was dead. And I thought I was going to prison for a really long time. And I still, because I will never forget it, I can't forget it. I will never forget that morning of sitting on the couch and calling the police station when I got out of jail and to find out where my car was. And they said it was being held in investigation of a vehicular homicide. And I remember hanging up the phone and looking at my mom and saying, what am I going to do if I killed someone? And my entire life changed that day. By the grace of God, he did not die. Um, Yet there were a lot of consequences that would be coming down the pipe for me. And I haven't had a drink since that day. I truly believe that he didn't die because God knew I would be more useful out here than I would be behind bars. And so every day to me is a gift. And if I can make an impact every time I tell my story or speak to one person, then it's worth it. And that has also afforded me, you know, the opportunity, you know, because of the KW culture at that time my brokerage had to release me, of course, because there was legal implications and with licensure and all of that. And quite honestly, it's the best thing that they ever did for me because it was the first time in my life that I had to become self-supporting. I had to, to really own up and say like, I'm the only one that can change this. And every day is a choice. And that's the thing about grit, right? You don't always want to do it. Most of the time, you don't want to do it. It's, you've got to be, you've got to, you've got to, take the action and know the power of choice in your life and being willing to take the action for the choice. And because of the KW culture, some agents took me in and said, "Um, we want to help you. We know you want to make some changes. And we, I started the TC business with a bike and a laptop because I couldn't drive. So I would strap my bike to the back of a Schwinn beach cruiser every morning. And I would bike from brokerage to brokerage. So where
1: were you living at the time?
2: I was here in Florida, in St. Petersburg, Florida.
1: Okay. And I would,
2: I would just bike from agent to agent, just doing work, whatever I could to make money. And that's how I built the TC business. So I say I built the TC business on a bike with a laptop.
1: Yeah. That's, that's an incredible, incredible journey. Thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. You know, geez, there's so many things that came to my mind as you were going through that, but The biggest thing is that you, you got this message, like you said, it came hard and fast and you took action and grit, you know, you talked about it. Grit is not easy, right? If you're out of your comfort zone, Mm -hmm. you can either choose to not do it and bow down and let life control you, or you can have grit and control life.
2: 100%. So,
1: So anyway, Congratulations on the turnaround the the amazing thing is I've never heard anything but amazing things about you. And it's just incredible that that one experience caused you to completely turn your life around. And I want to congratulate you because there's some addiction with alcohol, right? I mean, the fact that your mind was strong enough that you could just Mm -hmm. instantly say I'm done.
2: Well, I mean, He's almost left. killing, almost killing someone will do yeah. that, right? Like yeah. it has, you know. I always say that it was a blessing and a curse, right? Because obviously, that's a really hard thing to deal with and come back from, and and to have on your your record, so to speak. I mean, if you Google me, like you're gonna see, right, mug shots and all sorts of things. Yet it was also a blessing because it, I was done that day because I knew that if I I had a choice again, right, the power of choice that if I ever drink again. The only thing left for me was that I would die or someone else would die. And if someone else died, I might as well be dead. Right. So for me, it was, it's either death or life and you get to choose. And, you know, to your point earlier, people look at me now and, and, you know, I just celebrated nine years in recovery and, you know, it's a nine year journey. It didn't, it didn't happen overnight. And even in the last two years, there's been massive growth. And I think to your point, it's so important, you know, in our organization, we do fail forward Fridays. So on our stand-up, every Friday, everybody has to share their fail forward for the week. And the reason we do that as an organization is we want people to get comfortable being uncomfortable
1: mm-hmm.
2: because when they're uncomfortable, that's when they're growing. And that is when we're all growing. And if we're all growing, then the organization is growing. The mission is being fulfilled. The vision is being carried out. And that's where the magic happens.
1: Just that one piece of advice would change anybody's business if you're not doing that today just just do that. we could end the podcast now <laughs> <laughs>
2: that one thing yeah. yeah
1: yeah that's great so so now you're this super well respected you know coach in the industry and I want you to start over with what exactly are you doing today like what what are all the pieces of if I'm running a real estate business, what are all the pieces of the business that you can help me with?
2: Yeah. So leverage is my, is my word. I am the queen of leverage. Everyone will tell you that I leverage everything in my life. And I believe that everybody should leverage everything in their life. Um, the true definition of leverage is to use something to maximum advantage. And I say the definition of leverage is to use everything to maximum advantage. And so what happens is, is that especially in in the real estate industry is, We have salespeople that come in that are really great realtors, yet they're not really great business owners and leaders. And we all know, Brian, you know this, just being a fellow entrepreneur and business owner, that you cannot go to the next level without people. You cannot go to the next level without leverage, without systems, tools, models, people. And so our company and what I've built and what I've always wanted is those realtors that didn't know don't know what to do, where to go next, how to succeed through others, have a place that they can come and say, I need help. What type of help do I need? And so we have a leverage, what we call our leverage services department, which is for that brand new agent that isn't quite ready to hire a full-time assistant yet they need help. And that's where we offer transaction management, listing management database management marketing so that's kind of our here's somewhere you can come a la carte pay as you go while you're getting ready to hire your first assistant okay and then we will go hire the first assistant right leverage the the process the agent is still very much involved because this is going to be your partner this is the person you're running with right in your business we will train that person because Most salespeople, most entrepreneurs are not great trainers and that's okay. You shouldn't have to do it. You know, real estate agents should be doing five things, lead generation, lead follow-up going on appointments, negotiating contracts and scripts and role-play. And those are the only five things they should be doing from the day they enter the industry and the
1: day they're like, you repeat those five things. I I just think it's important that everyone understand that because I want you all while she repeats these five things to say, am I doing anything outside of that?
2: Yeah. So lead generation, lead follow-up, going on appointments, negotiating sc- contracts and scripts and role play, because yeah. those are the only five things that actually make you money.
1: Yep. Yeah. And how many agents are out there, Brindley, that never do script and role play? Right? I say I maybe you're going on two appointments a month instead of an appointment every day
2: uh-huh.
1: because they're focused on all the wrong things.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, and I understand in defense, like not everybody wants to be rejected for three hours a day on lead gen. Not everybody wants to hear no 50 times. And so we can justify that. Well, I'm, I'm working on my, my paperwork or I'm, I'm working, I'm scheduling inspections. And so I'm, I'm being productive. But don't mistake busyness for business, Mm -hmm. right? It's about focusing on the right things at the right time and focusing on that 20% that's going to create 80% of your results. And then leveraging everything else to someone else that will do it for less than what you want your hourly rate to be. And that's the thing that shocks me the most, Brian, is that most most agents don't know what their hourly rate is. Mm -hmm. And so yeah,
1: doing- it, it, yeah. It, if you're a solo agent you're making 500 an hour why would you take an hour or two or three of your day when you could be paying a va three dollars an hour right <laughs> to to do this exact same thing if if, mm-hmm. if you're doing work that shouldn't be your focus if it's not one of those five things you should hire someone out to do it right and that holds true my wife is the one that taught me this because. Uh, when I got married spring, I got married about six and a half years ago. And, you know, at the time I mowed my own lawn, I was like, yeah, that's, I enjoy mowing the lawn. It's time for me to get out and get fresh air. And the reality is it's not where I should be spending my time. I don't do that anymore. Right. <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about that. And, and, you know, judge me all you would like listeners. So I was raised by a single mom. I'm an only child. My mother's entire life has revolved around me. I've been the center of her universe since the day I was born. Understandable, right? Single mom, only child. And I fought it for years, Brian. Like she wants to be my mom all the time and I'm in my thirties now. And why would I want her to be my mom? And I was at a conference with Ben Kinney and he stood on stage and he, he said, I don't even put gas in my own car anymore because the amount of time that it takes me to put gas in my car, I could be building my next company or hiring my next person. And then he told a story or I don't know if he told it, but but there's a story about Warren Buffett and Warren Buffett goes to the same McDonald's in Omaha, Nebraska every single morning. And when he gets in his car, he doesn't know what he's going to have for breakfast. There's a cup sitting in his car and his wife puts a certain amount of money in that cup every morning. And whatever's in that cup is how Warren decides what he's going to have for breakfast. So if it's $2 and 75 cents, he gets a black coffee and a hash brown. Right. I mean, that's a man who has literally leveraged every minute of his life that he can. And so I said, you know what, Bryn, she loves being your mom. Why don't you just pay her to be your mom? And so she's now my personal assistant and I pay her to be my mom. She takes out my trash. She does my laundry. She coordinates the service on my car and it gives her joy. She actually loves being my mom. And then I don't feel guilty because I'm compensating her for it. It also means it's on my terms right today, not hers. (laughs) And so, (laughs) and so it's, but so many times our egos will prevent us from doing that. Well, if I do it, it's free. Well, no, all that tells me is that you don't know your worth. Mm-hmm. You don't know the value of your time.
1: That's right. Yeah. So th- that's such great advice and know your worth, right? I mean, if you don't know that today, go figure it out. Are you, are you making a hundred dollars an hour, 500, a thousand? Many of these team owners in the industry today are making over a thousand dollars an hour, yeah. like paid way better than any doctor out there. What are they doing with their time? Right. How are they leveraging
2: that? Yeah. And on that point, we're making the same amount as attorneys and doctors, but we don't hold to the same professional standards. Yeah. We answer the phone at nine o'clock at night. We say how high when our clients say jump instead of setting up the proper leverage to actually run our businesses like true professionals Mm -hmm. with standards and expectations, which actually will make us more profitable.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I asked you to repeat those five things, which threw you off the course you were going down, Brinley. So my apologies for that. Do you want to continue down that journey? So the only yeah. thing you should be doing are those five things. And then you were going to continue. And then
2: leveraging everything else. And then when you're ready for that full-time hire, because at some point, if you're using an independent transaction coordinator or some type of a la carte services, it will come to a point where you'll be paying out more than it would, it would be to have someone in-house to do it. And your business and your, your p your profit and loss, which you need to have, right, will show you when that breaking point is. And that's when we come in and say, OK, it's time to hire. And you still need to stay focused on those five things. So we're going to leverage your time to go source candidates, interview them, find them, and then you're going to select the one that you want. And then we're going to, because you need to stay focused on those five things, we're going to train them in partnership with you for their first 90 days. And then because you need to stay focused on those five things and leadership right that's the final piece is that leadership requires mastery just like everything else and a lot of agents have never led and so then that's when we bring in coaching to help the agent learn how to build in accountability and leadership and you can leverage some of that accountability like ricky and cody k kane have right so that they can focus on production They've brought me in as a coach to say, okay, you're going to help keep our ops people on track because number one, you communicate that way and think that way. Number two, you can hold them accountable. And number three, they feel like they have an advocate outside of the organization and that they're being invested in, which is a value add to make them want to stay, which will help increase retention. And so, and and all of those pieces allow, again, the business owner to focus on the things that actually make the money and do more of that.
0: If you've been enjoying GRIT, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to GRIT.
1: Yeah, it seems like most team owners, their goal is to no longer sell a house. But if you're not a great, and, and that's great. If you can develop those leadership skills and hold your people accountable and do the things that, you know, that you're best at, that's great. But if being in production, which those are your highest paid transactions or the ones you sell yourself, if that's your thing, why not leverage where you can, right? My 15-year-old told me this story the other day, which I just thought was great that you yeah, had a 15-year-old talking about leverage. He, he actually told me that if Elon Musk, he read this somewhere, if Elon Musk were to drop a $100 bill walking to the restroom when he was filling his car with gas, it would not be worth his time to bend over to pick that up, right? He would be losing money to do that. So anyway, I, I just thought that was an interesting perspective. and It's
2: a great analogy. It's a great yeah. analogy. And, you know, here's a simple, I mean, simple mathematical quick equation to figure out your hourly rate is take how much money actually went into your bank account last month, not gross net went into your bank account and divide it by 160 because that's 40 hours a week for four weeks. Now, most of you are working more than 40 hours. I'm being conservative for you, but 160 hours is how many hours you would work a month on a base on a 40 hour work week divide that net cash number that went into your bank account by that 160 hours. And that will give you a rough estimate of what your hourly rate is. And then now I, would when, you probably...
1: net, when you say net cash, let's talk about this. Cause most yeah. real estate agents, they have this money go into their bank account, that net cash going in their bank account. And then the reality is they should take 30% and put it in a different bank account for taxes. Which bank account are you talking about? Are you are talking about the combination of the two
2: You're talking about after you take out all of your expenses your taxes and how much money you actually get to use for your discretionary income for you, your future, your retirement, your savings. But no, this is after all of your taxes and expenses because yeah. you're not yeah. getting that money, right? So, That's really, right. in actuality, your hourly rate should be based on the amount of money you're actually getting and getting to use to fund your life.
1: Yep. So, your net, and I just wanted to clarify how yes. what is that net? So, okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, so now we've we've gone down that journey of an individual agent and how they can leverage your business to really really become you know start running a team, have an admin or hire an admin or let you be their admin. And then let's talk about a little bit further down that road if I'm a team owner today, Brindley, and you know you're teaching leverage. so if I'm a team owner and I come to you and say, I've got 20 agents. This is what's working in my business. This is what's not. How are you going to approach that?
2: So a couple of different ways. I mean, we look, we always look at the client's business and say, okay, where are the gaps? And so that's kind of where our consulting division comes in because we've partnered with some of the top ops people in the country that can actually come in and look under the hood and see where all your holes and all your gaps are and come up with a plan to help you execute what needs to be fixed right? And, and what, what agent, where agents, growth is messy. And at every level in your business, your systems are going to start to break. And you have to always be looking ahead and hiring and building systems for growth. You don't hire for what you need right now. You hire for what you need next year. So right now, what we're building in 2021, so the team that you end 2021 with is the team that's going to help you hit 2022 goal. So you need to have, so you need to know what next year's goal is. And by the end of this year, technically October 1st, you should have all of the team members that you need in order to hit that goal.
1: Yeah. It's such great advice. Most people definitely, I believe hire based on, they have some need that they're like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I've got to hire somebody versus planning, right? Planning for next year. Yep. And this is where I want to be. I want to move from 300 transactions to 500. How am I going to do that? What are the bodies I need to make sure that happens? What are the well, scale- Brian,
2: you know better than anyone about systems and at the levels that they will break and how automation is such a vital part of going further, faster.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's 100% of our company's focus is automating your business, right? And really allowing you to scale that. And to your point it may be bodies and it may be technology, right? I mean, you need both. You need the things that are going to, to get you to that next level, whatever that is. So, and
2: remembering leverage is using everything to maximum advantage. So it's systems, technology, people. It's all of the pieces. You can't have one and not have the other. And you, and you constantly have to be auditing. So our, the teams that I coach and work with, we do a systems audit every quarter right? And we're involving the end user in that. It's not the ops department that's creating it and saying, hey, this is where the system's broken or this is what the system needs. It's the user. It's involving the end user, the agent, bringing in the agent, bringing in the team leaders to say what's working, what's not working from your end. Yeah. So many people in organizations, the ops team or the operations division builds the system and by the time it rolls out to the end user, you're having to go back and almost rebuild three quarters of the program instead of bringing the end user into the development phase.
1: Yeah, I, I remember speaking with you the first time, Brinley, and you told me so much. I was just—I think I took about five to ten pages of notes. But we built our transaction management afterwards, and the kind of the missing piece that we've had a lot of people asking for for the last year—we just rolled out two weeks ago, but. And I'm sure, you know, we're always going to be innovating and adding to, but the, the biggest request was, I want to be able to send, I want to have email templates, right? I mean, here's the thing. if If somebody goes under contract, every single person listening to this, when somebody goes under contract, if you're a good agent or a good team leader, you have somebody sending out congratulations we're under contract and that goes out to that letter goes out with all the details with the documents to your agent to the agent on the other side of the transaction goes out to your mortgage company it goes out to your title company you know Mm -hmm. that's that's a time-consuming thing i I don't know how long it takes i would guess 30 minutes per transaction at least um so so anyway we just rolled out a few weeks ago with our last release um Email templates, which now that can be automated. You don't have to do that every time it can be done for you. Right. That's just one of those pieces of leverage. So I just, I just wanted to bring that up because I think it's just an example of something you can take off your plate that you don't have to do every day. That's redundant. Right.
2: Well, and here's the thing I'll say, if you're listening and you're, your head is spinning and your eyes are crossed, cause you're like this system stuff and all this off stuff, like it makes me want to cringe. That's okay. Go find your person that it doesn't make cringe. Go find your partner that can run your ops that will do all of this for you at a really high level. It's, it's knowing what your strengths are, but more importantly, what your strengths are not. And then going out and finding the who to make up for what your strengths are not. And we do something on your point, Brian, where it's called task tracking. And trust me, I'm everyone's best friend and favorite person when I ask them to do this. But for one week, everyone in the organization has a spreadsheet and they track everything they do and how long it takes. So it's a spreadsheet they have pulled up in the background. And as they do something, right, worked on one, two, three main or took one, two, three main street live, took me three hours. By the end of the week, we're able to go through and see where everyone's time is going, but more importantly, how much it's costing us based on their hourly rate.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and or jumped on Facebook, thought I'd be there for five minutes to make a post, and instead I ended up scrolling for an hour.
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then we're able to say, okay, you've got your, you know, twenty dollar an hour admin doing something that a five dollar an hour VA could be doing. So you just made fifteen bucks an hour,
1: which adds up if you look at every day of the week in Do the, the math. year. Do not. Yeah. So to your point there, I think most salespeople, most real estate team leaders, I would say they're probably visionaries, right? 100%.
2: The book
1: Rocket Fuel. Most are visionaries. Go find your integrator, right? Go find that person who's going to be by your side to make sure everything happens. I have one of those, you know, I am a visionary. I have somebody that Frank Felice, he's my integrator. He makes sure everything happens uh, mm-hmm. with ccu on the operational side that needs to happen. So yeah. anyway, it's vital you, you find that person.
2: And it, it is. And as you, as you scale, we were talking about teams. It's important that you have that person for each division of your company. So I have integrators. I have an integrator in our recruiting division. I have an integrator in our training division. I have an integrator in our coaching division. I have an integrator in our leverage services division. And then I have my ops integrator that helps me hold. She's the glue that holds all the divisions together. So truly all I'm doing is coaching, leading and casting vision and looking at each department and going, "Where where are we going next? Where are we going next? Where are we going next? And then, communicating that to them and us coming up with a plan together on what do we need systems, technology, people to get us to that next level.
1: Right. Well, if I, if I was a listener and a realtor, real estate team leader, I would definitely be calling you right now. So tell us, tell us a little bit more about like maybe how many people are you working with? What's your capacity and then how do people best get a hold of you?
2: Yeah, so we actually are very fortunate that we're at one of those places where we have hired for growth. So we don't really have capacity issues at this time. We don't have to take anyone away. We do have some um, wait lists in our coaching division because we want to always keep integrity and make sure that we have the best coaches in the industry. Uh, We're always looking for coaches. So if you have an amazing, Ops director or VP of Ops or an EA that you think you would like to offer some opportunity to, they will not leave your team. Don't worry. Um, This is an addition to what we find is that people that are coaching actually become better at their role. Right? It's 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 an integrity piece when you're coaching someone else to do it. You better show up and do it the right way. It's called
1: growth, right? It's called growth.
2: It's called growth. And it also gives you the opportunity to give them a little bit of an extra income. Um, So a lot of our rainmakers that we're partnering with are allowing their ops folks to coach with us. You can reach us, um, we're Your Realty Leverage, Your Realty Leverage. So you can go to yourrealtyleverage.com, yourrealtyleverage.com. You can also um, look me up and follow me. I'm Brinley, B-R-I-N-D-L-E-Y, B-R-I-N-D-L-E-Y, Tucker, T-U-C-K-E-R, T-U-C-K-E-R. And you can reach me directly at 727 512 9098 727
1: Okay, Brindley. So, usually I would ask that at the very end, but I wanted people, oh. while they were focused on that, I, I just want to learn a little bit more about your personal life. Like, what kind of stuff do you like to do in your personal time?
2: You know, it's interesting. When you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. And I'm a tinker like you, Brian. So, I could actually, I have some mentors that we joke that like, We seem so social on the outside, but on the weekend, we're usually in our beds with a laptop and, you know, playing with some type of technology or pipeline or screwing with it. So, um, a lot of that, I also, um, I love to play golf and I love to spend time with my friends and family. I think, you know, for a lot of years, everyone was like, you need a hobby, you need a hobby. And like, why, why do I need a hobby? If I'm truly content and happy with who I am on the inside and i get joy from what i'm doing who defines hobby who define what is golf the only hobby is is knitting the only hobby because i'm i'm probably not going to do that all the time every weekend right you know i i truly like i'm right now i'm working on a book i'm working on a podcast i'm delivering my first keynote speech in august cuz that's really where i want to make the biggest impact is using my personal story to help others and so that, that's where I get my joy and my energy. And I tell people that because I do believe that as a society, we put a lot of pressure on people to fit in this box and, and that self-care has to look a certain way and really self-care is you taking care of you in whatever way is going to take care of you. Now, I love my manis and my petties and my massages. Don't get me wrong, right? I think it's important but I've been on a massive physical health journey in the last year. I've lost, um, close to 45 pounds. I am, am exercising. I'm working with a nutritionist and that was the final piece for me. Um, I had to get right spiritually. Then I had to get right mentally. And then now the final piece, the final pillar is physically. And when those three pieces of your life are, are, those wheels are spinning and, and they're, they're, you're at your highest level and you're getting uncomfortable in those and you're constantly raising your lid in those three areas, that's when magic starts to happen. I truly believe that's when true inner happiness starts to happen. You feel strong spiritually. You feel strong mentally. You sh- feel strong physically. And then the world just opens up because you attract what you are in business and personal. And, you know, I have a thing that I say, it's expensive to be healthy and it's expensive to be sick. You get to decide, again, power of choice where you want to invest.
1: Yes, well said. So, Brindley, I know you're huge in growth. I mean, you talked about these mentors. You talk about podcasts, books. You're always, you're in Clubhouse managing things, you know, everyone coming in and brainstorming. For you like what is your number one source of growth and a lot of times i'll ask you know like what is your book or what is your podcast or that you go to but i'm not asking it on that limited basis for you because i know you do so much more so
2: so there's a couple things um i definitely podcasts are my number one and typically what i say to people when they ask me what book they should read i say what's your biggest challenge What's the biggest challenge that you're having personally? What's the biggest challenge that you're having professionally? And then I'll recommend books based on that challenge. I think a lot of times we read books because we see 25 people posted on Facebook that it's the next best book. And so we run to that book, yet it isn't necessarily the best book for us at that time. Right now, we are highly focused on scaling, and so I'm reading um, "Scale" again for the second time, and I'm listening to "Masters of Scale," which is the podcast um, by w- the co-founder of LinkedIn, and the he great interviews podcast. great podcast, and he interviews a lot of people. I'm also on a wealth journey this year, so I decided at 40 to set a goal for every year on my birthday. My 40th birthday, I set a goal to lose 40 pounds. My 41st was just in April, and this is about getting my my personal wealth journey um, and learning about wealth because I had this big aha that I can make all the money in the world, but I spend it all because I don't know what to do with it. And I beat myself up for a long time, and I just had this aha one day that you just just don't know what to do with it because you've never studied it. And so this year is really about studying wealth and how people are, are, are accumulating wealth at a high level. So I'm talking to a lot of mentors about that. I'm reading Tax-Free Wealth um, by Tom Wheelwright to kind of get my head around that. So again, it, it, it should be about where do you want to grow and what does your focus want to be? And it should be focused. What happens is we choose a hundred things that we want to change all at once and we wake up in a year and nothing changed. Yeah. Instead of finding one or two things that this is going to be my focus for this long. And that's all I'm going to focus on. No distractions. And that's when change truly starts to happen.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, Blitz scaling is a book you may want to look at as well. You said so much there. Uh, just, just great, great stuff, but make sure what's the best book. Most people say this is the best book changed my life. Well, At what point were you at when you read that so that it did change your life? Mm -hmm. Because we're all at a different place in our life and we all need different things. And I love that you're focused right now on, Hey, I, I want to create wealth. Mm -hmm. What are the best ways I can do that now? I'm making this money. How do I, how do I create wealth now? So I'm not spending everything.
2: Exactly. You know, there's a um, secrets of a millionaire mind is a great book. And it talks about the cycle and also the psychology of money is another great book. And it talks about, We, you know, as a, the psychology of the way that we view money was not chosen by us. It was chosen by the way we were raised, right. The way that we were taught money and our circumstances and our experiences. And when I was able to say, you know, my mother taught me how to live poor better than she taught me how to live rich. You give me, you know, a thousand dollars and I'll stretch that out for three months. You give me 10,000 and it'll be gone in a day. Right. And so I had to learn how to reverse my psychology around money and the way that I viewed money in order to start saving it. You know, one of my mentors, Nikki Ubaldini, said to me once, when you learn to respect money, you get to keep it right.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: It respects you. And so I think it's just, you know, we could do a whole nother podcast on wealth and money and the psychology of money. I think the most important thing is, is that whatever it is you want to change in your life you make a commitment you you find the tools the resources and the mentors that you need and focus on it long enough until you see the change and then the last thing i would say about books is if you read a book and you're two chapters in and you're like i'm not feeling this put it down put it on a shelf save it for later don't feel compelled to finish the book i mean i can't tell you how many unfinished books are around my house that I've picked up later when I was at that right time, Brian, like you said, and I go, oh yeah, I remember that book. And I picked it up and I read the whole thing in two days because it actually was something that was applicable to where I was in my life at that time.
1: Yes. All right, my last question for you. Yeah. Where's your favorite place to go? Like what is that place that just feeds your soul?
2: Bellingham, Washington. And I'm headed there Uh, on July July. 19th. It's just a magical place. It's a place that I visited because of my dear friends, um, Julian Snell and Ben Kenny. And I fell in love with it. And I've spent my last two summers up there, and I'm going up for a part of this summer. And it's just completely different from where I live. And it's quiet and it's peaceful and it's the mountains. And it's, it's just a really magical place.
1: Well, well, you live right here and it's up here on the other end of the... And
2: you can't get any further away at all, at all.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Good. Well, again, yourrealtyleverage.com is the website. Brindley, it's been amazing spending this time with you. Every time I talk to you, I learn from you. And that's why I love to talk to you. And that's why I'm grateful I had you on the show today. Anyway, thanks so much for joining, everybody. Check out her website. I mean, she is the boss in this industry as far as ops goes. So make sure you check that out. And Brindley, uh, thanks again for being on the show.
2: Absolutely. Thanks, guys. And thank you for having me, Brian. It's an honor and a privilege.
0: Yeah, My pleasure. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of SISU, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O make sure that you use the coupon code grit that's g-r-i-t to waive all your set of fees and receive a 10 percent discount on your subscription if you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe search grit the real estate growth mindset on itunes spotify or podbean and with that we'll catch you next time take care